Welcome to Anamorphin Time with Nate and Tyler. Hey, Anamorphin Time with Nate and Tyler. That's Nate. I'm Tyler. Uh, We're doing something very special and spooky. Hey, Tyler, what are you doing? I'm doing spooky noise. Oh, shit. We're here with the Anamorphin Time. Uh, October 2020 Spooktacular. Yeah, the horror is real now. We're, we're going <laughs> to... This this freaking hell year has ruined this podcast. So we're doing something special. Yeah. As all you people know, Animorphs involves brain slugs. And we want to do something spooky. I'm going to see how many times I can say spooky during this, by the way. Yeah. So listeners, if keep track. If you can keep track how many times I say spooky, I will... We'll give them a prize. We'll give them a prize. Yeah. Like if if you if you show up and say like you said spooky like twenty times or whatever, we'll send you some something cool. We're over halfway. To I, don't, I don't know what that it's is. Fine. It's fine. So we're bringing to you a review of a movie. It's called Night of the Creeps. The night of the fall is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. So we wanted to give you something a little extra. We wanted to give you something a little fun, a little something you could watch. And what better than an 80s cult horror movie about invading brain slugs? Yeah, I, I've, I've never seen this movie. I've never I heard had, of this movie. I had never seen this movie either. It was a total surprise and a total treat an uh, absolute gift to the world. So he, we're here on this very special spooky episode. A hallowed eve. <laughs> on Anamorphin Time. We're going to be creeping it real. Today we bring you artist, all-around cool guy, wrestler, self-waterboarder for America, Rory Blank. Rory, welcome to Anamorphin Time. Allegedly a horror cartoonist. I, I disagree with that sentiment, but people just keep telling me that what I'm drawing repulses them. If you ever draw something horrific, then maybe you've earned that, but I don't see anything horrific. No, I, I don't either. Uh, I don't know why people got really mad about me drawing a comic strip about Mickey giving birth to a smaller version of himself out of its mouth. I, you know? I don't. Ever since I read your comic, I at least once a day I've said time makes hamburger of us all. <laughs> so I get it. Uh, honestly, your most frightening comic to me, the one that really upset me the most, was the one uh, with the guy where his dick was out, and he it was it was hard, and then he spun away <laughs> like a top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, no, that was really terrifying. I, I had dreams about that. It so rocks me to my, my core. So, I think my stuff's gotten less terrifying since I quit my day job, just because I don't spend all day thinking about how much I want to fucking like break everything in the office anymore. Well, I mean, I'm happy for you, and I envy you. I sit there at work at the nurse's station, picking which patient I would let die first if the hospital were on fire. Oh, God. <laughs> how, how, how is how is that right now how is being a nurse that? oh man we're seeing a spike here in oregon so it's like everybody's off doing shit nobody cares about covid anymore but they're all mm-hmm. coming into the hospital like last night i got screamed at by a guy because 
he's had a cavity for six months and he hasn't gone to the dentist. Uh, and he's like, just bring me some fucking Norco. And it's like, dude, I get it. Your teeth hurt. But the person on the other side of this wall is actively dying and I have to prevent it. I mean, I can't say that to him. I want to. But you, know, you take the good with the bad, you know? <laughs> I, I've had a yeah. steady job. I'm watching people die needlessly. Who can say what's good or bad? I don't know. It, it's not good. But Tyler, y- your job is Halloween themed. Spooky. Yeah. <laughs> it's the there most have been goth times job where that you can have. I'm dealing with a spooky ghost at work. Like the other day, my first patient of the day died. It was real good. Spooky. <laughs> so what do you think is causing the spike in, in Oregon? I don't know. I don't know anything about Oregon other than like. You know, P- Portland, cool place. Yeah. Everywhere else, white supremacists. Oh, yeah, blood red state that other than Portland. Is, <laughs> it's I, I fucking love it. Every time I see, like, some, like, liberal meme online where they just start fantasizing about California, Oregon, and Washington uh, separating from the U.S. And, and joining Canada because they have no idea about, like, anything in Washington or Oregon outside of, like, the two cities. <laughs> yeah. It's so when my college had a mass shooting and Obama came to visit, people mm-hmm. came from all around Oregon to call Obama the N word. There were people <laughs> with signs just holding up the N word as the president's oh motorcade God. was visiting families. Holy shit! It's it's very this, this oh, Oregon's a very beautiful sucks. place with a lot of ugly people. That's how I like to say it. Yeah. It's like that's so much worse than here in Austin, and Austin is where Alex Jones lives. So, like for the entirety of the Obama years, just like there were fucking Joker Obama posters everywhere. I, I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. And that was before he really was twisted, like now. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was like starting in 2009, like every. No, 2008, like every, as soon as Barack Obama was president, just immediately they started going up everywhere. Picture of Obama wearing the Joker makeup and the word communist underneath it. And I would like get into weird arguments with people on the streets about how like on a semiotic level that doesn't make sense because the Joker is not a communist. (laughs) (laughs) You have some problem with your Joker dialectics. (laughs) Yeah, like they're. I, I don't know. Are there any like overtly communist car- villains in the Batman world? The only one I can think of is Anarchy. It's who's Anarchy? Is he, is he a socialist? I, I fuck. I don't know. If if they were writing it good, he would be. I don't know. He's this guy. He wears a mask. He dresses in red. He blows things up. Is he like a teen hacker? I mean, maybe. It's been years since I've read any Anarchy stories. I always thought it'd be a good story if Anarchy like unionized Wayne Industries and, like, destroyed Batman that way? <laughs> I don't know. How does Batman feel about labor unions? <laughs> I imagine he's got to hate them. He's but a billionaire. Guess, yeah, he has his own child army of Robins. Should we talk about this movie? <laughs> no, Maybe. I, I, I've learned a lot about Batman and his political <laughs> ideology. You don't become a billionaire without exploiting people. Night of the Creeps. <laughs> All right, so... So, Rory, uh, we usually talk about Animorphs, the kids' books. Do you mm-hmm. have any history with Animorphs? We ask this of all our guests. Uh, I read the first book when it came out, which was also when it was age-appropriate <laughs> to read those books. 
I watched a good chunk of the TV show. Excellent. Didn't finish watching it. Mm-hmm. I know that like most of them die or something. <laughs> well, and not quite, but yeah, it's not like, good. It's all like yeah. I mean, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah, it's just a cause... series about child soldiers that also teaches you animal facts. <laughs> <laughs> it, it honestly, like I was in the same boat. Like I kind of sort of knew a little bit about Animorphs and that they had the cool covers. But like, yeah, yeah reading it as an adult, it's just like this is this is fucked up. Yeah. Like they, they're constantly experiencing ego death. Like every book. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading these books. And I'm like, oh, this reminds me of like my first crush or a good time that I had. And Nate's having an existential crisis because he's never read them before. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they 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 talk about death a lot and how they're always dying and animals. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I felt my guts come out and my life draining out of me. Well, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow at school. Yeah. I was more of a Goosebumps kid, just in terms of, like, what Scholastic books are available. I've noticed that, like, the Goosebumps kids were, like, the ones who had, like, a solid group of friends and were, you know, socially maladjusted, whereas us Animorph kids were just kind of weird and uncomfortable in our bodies and probably started masturbating too young. Maybe I shouldn't generalize fans like that. I'm I'm, I'm talking about myself. I was homeschooled until high school so i i don't know what people like <laughs> Fair i enough. don't i don't know what middle school was like and that's like i think an important frame or like piece of framing and context for animorphs that just i don't have i don't know what middle school is like that's yeah you've never been to a book fair right i've never been to a book fair yeah. i don't like yeah by the time i started going to public school people were already like it early adults okay yeah you didn't miss much i mean i i don't know i'd say you missed a lot like it's hard to say what you missed right because everyone missed, has their uh, own experience from school like i was a bit of a loner so like you know uh a lot of my middle school elementary school experience was just like hanging out with books not animorphs but like you know <laughs> hanging out with books hanging out with video games doing my own thing right? i missed being able to understand what degrassi is about yeah <laughs> I still it, can't. It, it's like a fantasy show to me it's just so completely abstracted from any kind of world that i've ever experienced <laughs> like even when i was watching it as a teenager i would just think is that what school is like <laughs> i just sit at a computer all day are all these kids really getting cancer? What's happening? I assume that's... Isn't that Degrassi? Yes, kids do get cancer. Oh, yeah. Someone gets cancer. Get cancer. Shit. Drake gets put in a wheelchair. Uh, uh, it was like everything about Degrassi was true except for the drug parts. No, there were drugs. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't cool drugs. Like, there were no burnouts, like, in middle school. <laughs> what are you talking... What? What, you knew burnouts in middle school? Or just like... Yes, I hung out with... I would, whatever we got to get into the, like yeah. the, the movie eventually. <laughs> Maybe there were drugs and burnouts in middle school. All right, we we all had a crush on the one girl with dyed black hair, and we all listened to Slipknot. It's fine. So, Night of the Creeps. We picked that because, like Animorphs, it deals with brain slugs from outer space mm-hmm. taking people over. Right. We're gonna use that as a justification to talk about this wonderful fucking movie. It's it's delightful. It's. I had not seen this 
and it was surprising. We're not your fraternity types. I personally would rather have my brains invaded by creatures from space than pledge a fraternity. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say a, mov- a movie so crammed, intentionally crammed, full of every horror trope was surprising, but it really was. So how did we get introduced to this movie? Like, who, who was it you, Rory, that actually mentioned it first? Or no, who? It, was, it was brought up to me by uh, one of y'all. I you knew about this movie, Tyler. I yeah. did. Yeah. I don't know you, where you... it came from. <laughs> oh God! It just. I think I googled one day brain slug movies. <laughs> Great. Because I, I did of that. Slither. I've seen Slither a bunch. Yeah. And I knew I, that I did that after I watched Night of the Creeps because I started wondering like how many things there are with brain slugs in them. I mean, yeah. I I know Slither and Night of the Creeps. Do you know anything else? Uh, so, okay, we got Slither, Night of the Creeps, um, Dreamcatcher. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, even though we chatted about that, I still forgot that was that. Oh. I'm going to throw out yeah, Species uh, for later. <laughs> I know I'm the only um, like, Species head out here, but but it's not really blatant. Brain Slug is more Alien. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like Alien doesn't count or yeah. The Thing doesn't count because those are like replicant things. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Pod People? I mean, or things getting inside of you and then getting out of you. Uh, Dreamcatcher is like the aliens go in through your butt and then take you over, but they go in through your butt. <laughs> so you're saying because you're coming back for Dreamcatcher when we get to that? <laughs> Stephen King, I think that was like what he wrote immediately after he got into a car crash and was in a coma for a while, <laughs> and then he came out of a coma, of his coma, and wrote a book that like I don't think he should have written. Or that his publisher should have told told him like you need to keep this to yourself, dog. I those are the best Stephen King books though. Like either he's like on a coke bender or like he is pre post a van. I don't know. I remember reading Dreamcatcher in middle school when it came out on a like on a flight. I picked it up at an airport and I read it on a flight. And my mm-hmm. mom kept telling me to shut up because I was laughing. She's like, "What mm-hmm. is so funny?" And I just said, "Dud it," and I just. <laughs> kept fucking laughing because it was ridiculous God. and stupid i i don't know if it, the book was supposed to be funny and lawrence cast and like didn't understand maybe, maybe i should go back and watch that movie and it like it turns out it's secretly aware of itself and what it's doing but i don't think that it is and it's uh i i've been curious to rewatch i'm probably gonna watch that in the blob tomorrow yeah, the blob is important you need to watch the blob but night of the creeps starts pretty fucking strikingly with yeah. alien babies just ass <laughs> naked <laughs> like the second shot of this movie is an alien baby's ass it was it was something else you see this big it's like a naked alien baby carrying a cylinder he's got like the angry looking chucky face and a giant bald head frozen face or just yeah, like mouth agape the face the face doesn't move being chased by two other alien babies <laughs> yep <laughs> And the alien babies are shooting at this guy with the canister. Yeah, you have no idea what's going on at this point. There's no context. There's nothing. At first, I thought they were uh, supposed to be angels. Like, that's what heaven... Like, they look like cherubs <laughs> to me. Like, you know. God, I wish that's heaven. I'm going to start picturing the bi- biblical angels like that now. It's... No, like... And the aliens are talking. And they're like, get him. So there's alien language written out on the screen, and then under the alien language is the translated English language. So in case you read alien, it's fine. You can read the alien subtitles. But if you don't, they've got subtitles for the rest of us. 
and I was immediately hooked on this movie. Like, immediately. I was like, Mm -hmm. this isn't what I thought this movie was at all. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Which is why the next scene is so fucking jarring. It cuts to black and white, 1959, fucking wholesome American college. Yeah. Just complete, no lasers, no evil alien, naked alien babies. No color, except for the credits, which I thought was super cool, that they colorized the credits during that sequence. Oh, yeah. That's super fucking good. And so we get to know our characters here. We get the... The young ingenue who we hear has recently broken up with her cop boyfriend because the cop boyfriend has no future because, you know, cops are awful. He's a, he's a dud. Which is a running theme in this movie. Yeah. So the young ingenue is being called down to go on a date with the cool-looking jock dude. He's throwing rocks at her window. Yeah, the, like the every- man's, man's face is like a, a perfect rectangle. Yeah, like dumb, uninteresting people. This is their idea of heaven, what America looks like. It's like, oh, all-American boy goes after all-American girl. Yeah, but you recognize it as someone who's seen, like, bad sci-fi. Of just, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Me and Johnny are going to make out point. Yeah, they're going to lover's lane. And, <laughs> like, I feel shitty, like, saying every single detail that happens. But the one a great thing about this movie is that every single detail that happens pays off eventually yeah. there's no fat in this movie and one of the details when the boyfriend is pulling up to pick up the girlfriend is on the radio is the cliche oh crazed maniac has escaped the asylum he's considered armed and dangerous four people found hacked to pieces another update from the king newsroom police continue the search for a 35 year old escapee from the crest ridge mental institute who officials confirm killed four orderlies in a brutal spree early tonight crest ridge police warned the man is armed with a large fire act and is believed to be moving west on route 66 toward the corman university area do you do you think that those news reports actually like happened in the the 60s when like radio was the only thing that you could announce like public messages on i mean what else was there tv there wasn't like <laughs> 50s twitter yeah i guess that's just a guy yelling about how all you know people of color are stealing jobs you ever see that video uh no you didn't see that commercial no nope. <laughs> yeah, fair enough it's not very good i don't agree with it i'll, I'll get around to it later i guess but like i, I don't know like it's, it's i would like to think that that sort of thing actually happened where you're just like listening to like i don't know Steve Harvey or something, and then like twelve people were cut to bits. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Watch Harvey. out if you live in this area. Steve Harvey was pretty big in the fifties. Yeah, I remember. Family, I don't. I don't. Know. Family Feud was a big deal then. Sure. <laughs> uh, I imagine they had to happen, right? Yeah, probably. What doesn't, else? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, well, now I'm interested. <laughs> Too bad. It's fine. Yeah, I want to know because I've I've never heard any like I've never heard anything. About anybody breaking out of a state hospital, and I, I'm just very curious. Like, it's is that was that ever like a thing that would happen frequently? I live like a, two blocks away from a state mental hospital, and I see people like get out of there sometimes. And usually, it's just they take down their pants, and then somebody comes and grabs them, and pulls them back in. <laughs> that's you know, working in healthcare, I learned very early on that's what you know, quote mental patients do. It's yeah, not, it's not fun so, like movies. So ultimately, like what you're saying is that most mental illness is just people wanting to take their pants off, and society says that you can't do that anymore. 
and we could probably fix like a lot of people's problems if we would just like let them take their pants off. Yeah, if people could comfortably masturbate how they wanted to, it'd be a nicer world. I have had to confiscate more than a handful of sex toys that people have hidden in on or around themselves when going into a mental ward. Like I mean, I think that's just being proactive. Like that that is very sharp thinking that they realize in advance like I'm going to have trouble jacking off for a while. I need to make sure this is taken care of. It's yeah, there was one guy where it was like pretty much soldered onto his genitals from like use. He used it so much. And I he had been where he was in the ER I was working at for like 4 days and he was like locked in his room cuz he was violent and sexually inappropriate. And so I was watching him on camera and I saw him sort of turn and pull down his pants and kind of hide something. And I said, now that's the funniest looking penis I've ever seen. So I went over there and I looked because they beat it into you that nobody can have anything that they could use to harm themselves with. And technically that was a choking hazard. Mm -hmm. And so I saw him and he's like, he still had this really destroyed masturbatory aid wrapped around his genitals and i was like oh shit i have to confiscate that and i I asked the doctor i asked the psychiatrist and they're like yeah you got to take that out of there and so i had to call in a small army to remove this guy's so you know a jerk off hole yeah is that violating the the oath to say that no Okay, you didn't say his name. I, I didn't give you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't give you any details. Okay, yeah, I, I legit don't just don't know like how far you can or can't go with that. Like I, I can't tell you any like details, so you'd be able to track this person down. Okay, so tell me about his abstract. tattoos that he had. Yeah, tell tell me. Uh, well, his what first it, name was Coban. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Coban. That's <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm really good at God. coming with names on the spot. Ask me anytime. I'll. Rory, you throw out, you at any point say, Tyler, give me a name of someone on the spot. I'll throw out the best name you've ever heard. Give, give me a name for a uh, cartoon cat who is lazy and loves lasagna. Groglin. I love it. Perfect. We're, we're going <laughs> to be millionaires. Good. Groglin. Groglin the cat. He lays All right. I'm glad, I'm glad that you answered that question because that now I can I can freely talk about a thing that happened to me well not directly to me but just my mom is a nurse and mm-hmm. she used to just constantly text me things that had happened like oh. uh and i would just ask her constantly like can you are is it okay for you to be telling me about this but i would just like wake up at seven in the morning because she texted me she texted me i just treated a boy who uh, stabbed himself through the penis with a pencil <laughs> he said he was bored yeah yeah, we can tell you all that. Cool. Like, I can tell you the weirdest thing I've ever had to pull out of someone's butt was a wrench the size of my arm. I've got tons of butt stories. What kind of wrench That's was it? Like a big fucker. Like a pipe wrench? I don't, I'm not good at wrenches, so I don't know what... It, I just know that it was as big as my arm. Just, right. Yeah. I got a good picture. Have you ever been to the Mütter Museum? Yes. So you've seen, like, the, the shelf of stuff they pulled out of people's noses? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... Man, one guy did like a long neon light and had to go to surgery. Yeah, no, nothing, no glass, Ooh. please. If you're if you're doing like it, things in your butt, it shattered. Always have an exit plan. That's what I'll say. Always have a plan to get the thing out safely. Yeah, you know what? Who didn't get out safely? Our our young hero. Our young hero. <laughs> 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 Nailed it. Damn, it's like you host a podcast or something. Got there. 
You thought I wasn't going to come back. It came back. <laughs> I kept thinking, how are we going to get back to it? It's fine. So uh, yeah, the, the young couple, they get, they go they get to, they go murdered. To, they go to Lover's Lane. The girl sees her cop ex-boyfriend. He's like, oh, stop fingering my girlfriend. Yeah, I feel like, like he had like roses. They were getting droopy. No, he didn't have roses. But yeah, like, like <laughs> this this cop sees these two young people like getting frisky and, and you know, for the 50s in Lover's Lane. And he's like, be careful out there. There's an escaped lunatic. And he leaves completely defeated. Yeah. Just deflated. Well, good. I mean, like, you know, she left. She's gone. She's yeah. out of your life, buddy. I mean, yeah. Any listeners out there, if you're still pining for someone, I will date you. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> just, will. <laughs> just don't go to your ex. We'll yeah, date you. Like, move on, man. Yeah. Or gal. Oh, that reminds me. Never mind. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll keep. We'll keep going. <laughs> so, they see a meteor start flying at them. I promise we'll start moving faster, listeners. Uh, they see a meteor. The boyfriend's immediately like. Oh, let's go see that thing. Let's stop making yeah. it out. <laughs> he just like, loses go, interest immediately. <laughs> let's go find this thing that came from the heavens. Honestly, good move on him. I want to know what the hell just fell from the sky. Yeah, me too. Like, I would do the exact same thing. So they drive over there. He finds a canister in the woods. Yeah. Something jumps in his mouth. <laughs> and meanwhile, she's like, Fred, Fred, come back. This is a direct quote. I'll let you fondle my breasts. It's like... Hell yeah. Yeah. But then... She's scared, and she knows what to do to get him back. Yeah, she heard on the radio, the killer's coming. And behind her, the killer shows up. A man in a hospital gown with an axe. Mm -hmm. Raises his axe, swings it down. Smash cut, Pledge Week, 1986. Badass 80s rock music. I love it. So good. And this, honestly, I don't know how you feel about Chris and JC... The movie kind of slows down when they talk a little bit. <laughs> How do you feel about Chris? Chris is the protagonist, redhead. Yeah. Yeah. Just like complete dork. Nobody cares. Like he's the most boring character in the entire movie. Infinitely less compelling than JC. Oh, JC's amazing. JC's the main character, right? Like he's yeah, the best JC character that's should, not Tom Atkins. Like probably, I think the one, the uh, I'll, I'll say it later. Well, no, I'll just go ahead and say it now. Spoilers, JC dies... Yeah, pretty quickly, too. It should have been the other guy. <laughs> yep. It should have been the yeah, other guy. It should no. have been like a huge swerve where JC survives somehow. But like, if, like if it was the, the other guy, if it was the other guy, if it was uh, Chris, like yeah. he, would, he wouldn't do the heroic thing. He would be like the vector. He'd just like run out, ask for help, and then just vomit worms everywhere. <laughs> right? But Chris, uh, JC, the goddamn hero. I mean, yeah. Okay, we are getting ahead of ourselves. Well. But, like, just know that JC is the hero of the piece here. He's the one yeah. that, like, is, is, is looking out for everybody. Yeah, so there's Chris, who's, like, the kid from European Vacation, and JC, I don't know what else he was in. There are these two buds, and Chris is like, man, I miss my ex-girlfriend. Let's go to this party at the sorority. They go to the party. Chris zeroes in on Cindy. Cin yeah. Cynthia Cronenberg. Yeah, it's like, I want the hot one. Yeah, he's like, I'm a, I'm a, I love that hot babe. I'm in love with her. Who's that? Who's what? Her, the vision, the angel, the goddess. The oh, the one with the Hogan's. Yeah, who is she? I think that's the Morton Salt girl. How the hell should I know? Hey, you, honey. Toots. Yo. Yeah, what's your name? And JC's like, dude, you're too much you're too much of a coward to go talk to her. I'll go warm her up. JC wanders over there, 
He outsmarts some idiot, awful person. Then he has this really good high chemistry scene yep. with the romantic lead where he's funny, charming, she laughs. Yeah, she's into uh, uh, JC, which is the, the sidekick. If yeah, JC. Yeah. So let's just describe the two main characters here. We've got Chris, the main guy, who looks like... You guys ever seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Uh, of course. Do you remember Shao Kahn, the guy that played Shao Kahn? Yes. Brian Thompson, I think his name is. Chris looks like a young, schlubby Shao Kahn. Like, these two guys look the same to me. I don't know. That, that's look, a, look that's a cut. I don't know. <laughs> look, look him up. I could not stop seeing the villain from Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but it's fine. He was also an alienation. It's good stuff. And JC is this young, boisterous, definitely more handsome guy. Distinct. He's distinct looking. Like, like if I I could pick him out of a crowd easy. Yeah, he's got energy. He's a handsome fella. He's got those what are those crutches on his arms. Yeah. So he's got probably scoliosis. Like he's got a, like a, a obvious disability. Yeah. Right. Scoliosis or like maybe cerebral palsy. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. he's they never say because it doesn't really matter. It's also got a really cool shirt. <laughs> he does have a lot of really cool shirts. Like his vest with all the pockets and a yeah, Hawaiian like, shirt underneath. What are those pockets for? Just like cigars? I mean, holding all of his school stuff. I don't know. He seems like a good, good student. Yeah. By the way, Fishing. listeners and Roy, we're drinking Miller High Life, which play into this movie mm. quite a bit. I don't know if you're choosing to alter your mind tonight, but I highly re- recommend everyone alter their mind and watch Little Night of the Creeps. It's Miller uh, time. <laughs> yeah. I've got some beers I haven't opened yet because I have to draw a comic strip after this. Oh, then yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Focus on I the thing have, that makes I you I might money. have one. So they go to this frat party. They are chilling out, having a good time. Mm-hmm. JC talks to the girl for his bro. Right. And they decide, oh, we can impress this girl by joining a sorority. Or join, not a... The guys don't for, yeah, join it's sororities. Just, it's the they want to join, they want to join the beta house. Yeah. Oh, it is called the beta house, isn't it? Yeah, a bunch of betas. And, like, you know, the betas, of course, like, are, you know, a bunch of jocks, a bunch of <laughs> uh, very Aryan... <laughs> yeah, they are very Aryan-looking fellows. And as I understand it, that was a choice that the director, Fred Decker, made was to make it look Aryan and like a what he said was a, quote, subtle Nazi indoctrination. I don't know if you picked up on that, Rory, or read that. No, I, I hadn't really noticed that because I was just spacing out thinking about the one dude's unibrow. <laughs> yeah, there is a pretty spectacular unibrow in this movie. Yeah, there's and like they're, they're prank. They're they're like, OK, we'll definitely let you in. Yeah, we'll... if you uh, if you do this prank. Is go steal us a corpse and put it in front of the other other yeah, frat house that the, we don't like. The bad frat. Yeah. If you guys were willing to perform a little act of devotion, some task that would prove the sincerity of your feelings toward this organization. We don't have to have sex with a farm animal, do we? Which I guess like they're just cool with, like the, you know, like uh, our two uh, two uh, roommates, mm-hmm. intrepid boys. Yeah, Chris like, and JC. Chris and JC is like, all right, listen, I'm gonna help you uh, uh, seduce this uh, attractive young lady by joining the beta house by stealing a corpse. 
So that that's good. And they do that. They go yeah. right to the medical like research facility. <laughs> they go right <laughs> just to the secret underground morgue yep. of their college. Beeline to the morgue. The they find this guy in cryogenic freeze and they're like, This one. This yep. one's for us. That's the one. <laughs> And they even say, whoa, he's cryogenically frozen. Like, what is this, Disneyland? How about getting the shit scared out of you by a creepy, scary dead guy in a refrigerated coffin? I mean, that, that's the one thing. That's the one guy you know that got cryogenically frozen, right? It was Walt Disney. Yeah. Do you think he's still yeah. frozen? Can we still find a Walt Disney? I mean, like- Rory, you're the Mickey Mouse expert, given what I've seen. Um, I don't. Yeah. I was just <laughs> I'm basically sorry, did just call you a I Mickey just- Mouse expert? <laughs> I was just spacing out, wondering if, like, Jeffrey Epstein actually got frozen, because I know he wanted to, like, hypothetically it would have been in his will. Do you think that his will was executed and that he's frozen somewhere? I hope they just froze his egg-shaped penis. That's what yeah. he wanted, right? Yeah, because, like, he wanted to be frozen so that, like, in the future he could be unfrozen and uh, make babies. They would be There would be a cure for death? Like I thought yeah. you'd be frozen when you're alive, so that way you're you're you're, not, you're ready to go. So yeah, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is that Walt Disney's frozen head is attached to Jeffrey Epstein's frozen penis. Wow, I yeah. think that would unite America again. <laughs> releasing that on the world, like <laughs> we're here to talk about the new Avengers movie, Walt Disney's head and Jeffrey Epstein's penis. I think I would Which definitely vote uses for that. To walk like this, just pulling himself <laughs> forward. <laughs> well, you can't. He can't though. It's an egg shape. No, no. It like would, it wouldn't. <laughs> it would slither like these worms from Night of the Creeps on it, the it ground. Would, it would make that yeah. noise. <laughs> God, I love God. that noise. <sighs> so they pull out the frozen body. It's the boy from the fifties. Yeah, got a worm in his mouth. Yeah, it's the worm guy. Uh, and yeah. So they, 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 they hit the button. They freak out after the, the guy walks around like yeah, normal. It, it comes to life. It grabs Chris. They bone out yep. real fast, go home. And honestly, it's the next scene is the first genuinely touching scene in a movie that probably has three to four genuinely touching scenes for being a trope-filled, homage-filled B-horror movie. And that is between... JC and Chris, when JC lays it all out, and he's look every single day. I put up your, with your moaning about what's her name and, and how you wish you could fall in love again, but you're too chicken shit to do anything about it. And then this Cynthia girl comes along, Dream Girl uh, 2001. And I say to myself, what the hell? I'm sure as hell never going to get late, so I might as well help out my best friend, right? And then you say, JC, help. We got to join a fraternity so she'll give me the time of the day. And I say, what the hell? You got to do it. You got to do it. And what do I do? I bust my ass to help you, and you get chicken shit again. And I push, and I push, and I don't give up. And why? Why? You don't even know. You don't even care. Because it's important to me that you're happy. Is that so crazy? And if we got to act like jerks and get in trouble in order to do that, then what the hell? I mean, it's better than acting like jerks for no reason, right? So, yeah, everything is a joke. It's hilarious because if you if you take it seriously, you just get depressed all the time like you are. So fuck you. Look, Chris, I know my life is a mess and I'll never be happy. But if I can try to make you happy, then I might be able to find some kind of happiness. Like, I know the world sucks. And if you keep focusing on how the world sucks and being such a little bitch, you're just going to be unhappy. So you should try to be happy. 
Like it's how, how did you feel about him giving that speech? Uh, I was surprisingly more invested in JC and caring about him than I felt any- I felt bad for JC. I oh, was yeah. like, dude, like wh- don't sell like he he's the type of person that like, you know, is self-sacrificing to a point that he just has stopped considering himself. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. like it's like no, dude, like y- you can go out and get laid and have fun in college. Yeah, that's one of his like, lines. Yeah, he's like, he's, I know I'll a, never get laid. A Christ-like figure. That's what JC yeah. stands for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This boy is a Christ allegory. He dies from the, the worms later so that Chris can live. And, and get some get laid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like Jesus. He yeah. gave he ultimately sacrificed himself so that one dude could get fucked one time. Yeah. <laughs> John the Baptist, go get some slime, my brother. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love the JC reading yeah. his Christ. Fuck. No, it's true. <laughs> so uh, that might actually be a good time to bring up the thing with Fred Decker. <laughs> okay, <laughs> please do. Which it. was yeah. so I I yeah, this would be the the second time that I've probably read too much in terms of a Christian allegory into a Fred <laughs> Decker movie. The first time being like a few years ago. So I, I had this office job which I legally can't say what it was, but I it was being an internet janitor. And I had a fairly like calm beat for like six months where I would just show up and reply to people about things for a few hours and then go home but one of the days i had to do that was saturday which nobody is using the computer on on saturday so like that's the dead day so i just had to be in the office for eight hours but i had maybe an actual an hour's worth of actual work so i would spend that time watching movies and one of the movies i watched was robocop 3 which was directed by the same guy who directed this movie and monster squad and monster squad and I had watched RoboCop 2, and I had never seen RoboCop 3 before, and I was thinking about, like, how does RoboCop 3 fit in with the whole RoboCop as American Jesus thing? And sort of, I realized, like, in RoboCop 3, RoboCop turns on the company that made him and instead starts protecting the people and, like, turns on the police, turns on the corporations that have been controlling the city, and, like, arms the people and leads them in armed rebellion against the corporation that runs their town. So, like, you have to look at that movie in that context as being, like, the Book of Revelations to RoboCop as, like, the the Bible. And since I didn't have anything else going on, I went on Facebook and I found Fred Decker's uh, (laughs) Facebook profile, and I sent him that. (laughs) And then, like, much to my surprise, about an hour later... I noticed I got a reply, and I opened it, and it was Fred Decker saying to me, yeah, I think you thought about this a lot more than I did, but, you know, we were uh, trying to have some some Christ stuff in there, but, yeah, wow, I never thought about it like that. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) See, in preparation for this, I read a lot of interviews with Fred Decker, and one of the things he said about RoboCop 3 was the only reason they asked him to do it was because... (laughs) He had had a history of writing scripts that would pull in younger, edgier audiences. But he said that he he calls himself just a, quote, hired gun on RoboCop 3 because they made him do, like, strictly PG-13, trying to do edgy PG-13 things like he did with Monster Squad. But he knew that they were just trying to sell RoboCop action figures. 
and then yeah. his the movie was not what he wanted to make and he had no stake in it. He's like, I hate writing for other people's properties and having to tell a story about other people's characters because I just don't care. Wait, so are you telling me that he did not come up with the idea of Robocop having a jet backpack? <laughs> no. <laughs> that wasn't his vision. <laughs> I mean, you can see... That was see... probably a Frank Miller idea. Yeah, probably. All right. <laughs> I mean, you can see a bit of Fred Decker in Robocop 3 in that it's the cops are virally stupid. Yes, sir. Well, there were two bodies, but uh, there was a dispatch problem and, you know... Where were you guys? Well, uh, sir, the, dispatch there was problem. a dispatch problem, sir. Dispatch problem. And it's surprisingly anti-cop. The And for some reason, the cops in that movie have morals, unlike the cops in the real world. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you know, you know the Splatterpunks is something Fred Decker thought of. Oh, that's a good name, by the way, for like a, <laughs> yeah, know, a street punk band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Robocop eat bullets. Not tonight he eat bullets. <laughs> It's like, God, Robocop 3. And it sucks that I think that movie, like, kind of killed his career. Yeah, like, he thinks he, it did. He thinks he it was did. on a good run, and then they gave him Robocop 3, and he accepted <laughs> it as, like, a hired gun thing, and then fucking nothing. It, like, I saw that movie in theaters, and I'm a huge Robocop fan, at least Robocop 1. Yeah, and I was a kid when I saw that in theaters, and even I was like, "This is not good." Yeah, this is not. I like RoboCop. all of them, honestly. I, I like. I I completely understand anyone who's a huge RoboCop fan hating three, but I love it. I no, love no, two. I, I hated it then, but on the Nate and I did a rewatch. Like when we conceived this episode, we watched Night of the Creeps, Monster Squad, and RoboCop three in twenty four hours. Yeah, we went down the Decker hole. We, yeah, we, sick. <laughs> we hit we hit a D hole. I. It was RoboCop three was way better than I remember because we were sitting there thinking, "Wow, this we can see where there's a good movie here that's just being hamstrung by a PG thirteen rating." Yeah, like Steven Ruth's great in it. Yeah, uh, CC Pounder's great in it. Even the kid is not annoying like kids in movies. Like the kid in RoboCop two that's like a crime lord who says slurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way they killed off um, what's her name. Uh, Lewis. Lewis, yeah, the way they killed off Lewis was actually, like, that was pretty good. That was impactful. Like, we knew Lewis, you know, and they they, they took the risk of, like, let's kill off this main character. Uh, and, like, the carrying through the church was really good. Like, yeah. it's, it's a well-shot movie, yeah, too. Yeah, there's that Christ imagery of RoboCop carrying his, you know, Maria or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, this movie is also really well-shot. Yeah. Let's talk about Night of the Creeps. <laughs> 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 I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that directly after JC's affecting speech yeah. of you need to be happy, we need to be happy, stop being a depressed sourpuss all the time, that Chris's immediate reaction is let's have a pillow fight. <laughs> yeah, because they're buds. That's what you do with buds. I've never had a pillow fight with buds. Rory, have you ever had a pillow fight with your buds? Uh, Sort of. It depends on how you define have a pillow fight with your buds. I mean, earlier today, my friend Adam and I filled up a bunch of trash bags with stuff and then just like we're standing in a parking lot hitting each other with them. Okay, so yeah, yeah you've had a pillow fight with your buds. It's a pillow fight. Yeah. Damn, we are missing out. And that was that was for the, the wrestling show. But, I mean, that's ostensibly a pillow fight. It's a business pillow fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a performative pillow fight. So, after the pillow fight, the movie is injected with probably the best thing in the movie, and that is 
<laughs> oh, Character the- actor Tom Atkins as Detective Cameron. Yeah, and now the movie has ascended. So Dreaming on a beach. Yeah, right mind. after the beach is a fade to a hand holding a coconut with a quick cut of Tom Atkins' beautiful mustache, graying hair, wearing an all-white suit, these wraparound 80s sunglasses. Surrounded by hot babes. <laughs> sitting on a beach, sipping from his coconut. And God. that... That was jarring. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was coming with this. I was already confused. There had been naked alien babies, an axe murderer, some weird frat plot. Yeah, it gets grounded (laughs) with the frat plot. And then all of a sudden, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, here comes the villain. He lives on, like, some rich island somewhere. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's just for, like, the first half hour or so of this movie, it just keeps resetting itself up. It, like a dozen times where like you think you're watching a different movie before those things intersect with each other. Yeah. It's it's wild. Like tonally it shouldn't work, but somehow all these disparate little things come together and build to this moment of this ethereal woman coming out of the water mm-hmm. in a reverse shot. She, she's uh, she's uh, rising from the ocean completely dry. Yeah. Uh, it's not immediate that it's shot in reverse, but, like, you know, if you want to dissect it, it is. It's just, like, it's unsettling, and, you know, you don't recognize her immediately, but it's the girlfriend from the car that got all axe murdered. Yeah, and then it cuts back to Tom Atkins wearing the cop uniform that the young cop in the beginning had. He's holding a severed hand. Right. He's watching... Someone slowly swing an axe into a blood-covered car. Cuts back to him. He's holding a shotgun. And he wakes up wearing, you know, a Tommy Tommy Bahama shirt, drunk in his house, cigarette in his hand, burnt out, stereotype, hard detective. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm I'm actually re-watching the movie on mute right now while I'm talking to you just to, like, remember shit. And I just noticed that he has a corsage on his cop uniform. No way. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Yep. I didn't care. Oh, shit. This movie's good. Yeah. (laughs) He just misses his girl. He's having cop prom dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you guys know anybody who's still probably having, like, prom dreams? Like, yeah, that is a, I can think of a couple of people, yeah. <laughs> that is a like pathetic shorthand for a fucking loser. Yeah, well, he's trapped in the past of like I had a, 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 a you know, my dream girl once and now she's been axe murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's just stuck there. Everything was great in high school. <laughs> Everything he does is in context of my my dead ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Pieces of my ex-girlfriend. And then the phone rings, and then... We get the first line spoken by Tom Atkins, Detective Cameron in this movie. Yeah. His catchphrase, what everybody remembers from this movie. Thrill me. Thrill me. Thrill me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm definitely cutting a lot of thrill me. Just cut them in everywhere. It's spooky to add... See, I'm doing that thing. We're going to count spookies. Oh, we're still doing that? <laughs> it's the spook. It's the Animorphin Times uh, October 2020 what? spooktacular. We've said it maybe yeah. like three times. Uh, let, let somebody in the audience catch it. And the first person who says how many times y'all say spooky, uh, I will send them a sticker. 
Okay, it's good. I will also send them a sticker. I got you one. You don't even have to have an accurate count. Just the first person who says <laughs> a number. All right. Yeah. You <laughs> at at me and at Piss Castle. <laughs> we'll make it happen. He'll send you a sticker. I'll send my uh, Joe Biden Antifa sticker. Did you see that? The anti-malarkey action. Come on, man. N- no, I did it's not fine. see that. It's fine. I'll send him that one. You'll get some treats. I'll send them a sticker that says Rock the Vor. <laughs> people only want to buy those from you like once every two years. <laughs> they just want to get rid of them. Yeah, I, I recently bought the uh, Heathcliff Garfield head one, so it's fine. Whatever. And I've recently gotten into Vor. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah, yeah. dog. <laughs> the true path. Yeah. Do you want to be the eater or the eaten? It's hard to tell. I just like to watch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I just I just keep thinking, wow, man, there's a lot of Voran Animorphs too. <laughs> there is a lot of Voran Animorphs. Do do they get eaten? Do the kids like get do the kids eat each other? In the first book, the protagonist like the early protagonist gets eaten and dies, and then oh. later in the story, the main character makes a big deal about eating a spider and feel it moving inside him and going down his throat. These books are fucked up. If you ever want to read one and come on, you are more than welcome. They are okay. fucking yeah, I will, fucked up. I will up. learn how to read for this show. Oh, no, we could tell it to you. <laughs> okay, that works. But uh, <laughs> do, do any of the kids ever, like, turn in, like, one turns into a rat and another turns into a snake and they just, like, try to see what that's like? Yeah. <laughs> There's shit like that all the time where it's like, oh, so-and-so turned into a cockroach and... I turn into a spider, and all I want to do is eat my best friend. It's stuff like that. It's pretty fucked. Yep. Hell yeah. It's yeah. It's it's super good stuff. So like he gets called into the 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 cryogenics lab. Yes. Because um the, the scientist working in the cryogenics lab he was murdered. Murdered on the floor, and the body's missing. Um, and this cuts to my my second favorite uh, character, which is Sandwich Cop. Uh, I love Sandwich Cop. Yeah, uh, I would like to write fan fiction about Sandwich Cop. Every scene he's in, he's eating a sandwich. Every single one. The coroner, like, close-up of a shot of opening a briefcase, and the only thing in his briefcase is a sandwich. Yeah, that's the only thing he needs to do his job is sandwich. I mean, same. If I could eat a sandwich at work, I would. You know, Honestly, for a guy who only eats sandwiches all day, every day, he's he's actually pretty fit. No, he's not. He's a fat mess. No, but he's not. He's not like as fat as like he could be. Like he's 80s fat. He's not me fat. Yeah, he's, he's not like you know. He's not blob fat. He's just you know. Uh, he's not sandwich fat. So I'm jealous. Is what I'm saying. Sandwich fat. Yeah, like if you do the only eats like sandwiches all the time, like you get fat. You get a special kind of fat. Tell that to Jared from Subway. Yeah. So, anyways, there's the, an investigation scene. Um, he he chews out these inexperienced bumbling cops. Yeah, all the cops prove to be idiots. Yeah, he's like, like all of them. Yeah, they're like. Uh, so um, our main protagonist detective is uh, like. So where's the other body? There's two bodies here, right? The scientist and the cadaver who was frozen in the tube. And they're like, we don't know where the second body is. So he gets he chews out everybody for he that does. one, that blunder. He's and the real he even he, what's he says. Are you going to go find this body, or am I going to have to play Poo Patrol with your nightstick? <laughs> Which, Which is a very pleasant way to say I'm going to stick a nightstick in your bottom. This shit is getting old real fast. You know I was awakened out of a real pleasant dream to come down here. Are you going to straighten it out, Ramey, or am I going to play Poo Patrol with your nightstick? Uh, pleasant? 
I'd rather somebody say, I'm going to shove this nightstick up your ass instead of, I'm going to play Poo Patrol. <laughs> I don't know, Poo Patrol. It's like, I'm looking for turds. I don't, nightstick. I, I don't know. I don't want somebody to be like playful and fun with it. That's what <laughs> cops do with their downtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, but like, you know, you don't want to be like. You, you Stop the kink shaming cops. It. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. That's what I have to say uh, to the protesters also. You know, uh, you, you think this is about, you know, fr- trying to get around a grave injustice, horrible grave, uh, government oversight. But, you know, it, stop kink-shaming the cops. How do you know they can't They can't uh, not get off any other way but just beating people and murdering them and <laughs> These having poor zero cops. oversight? The cops just want two things. They want to play Poo Patrol with your nightstick and get a Pepsi from Kylie Jenner. Oh, yeah. the, the Wait, the stick is his dick? No, he's going to stick the guy's nightstick up the other guy's ass. I mean, like, when he it's says... It's like, I'm going to say, I'm going to take that microphone and put it up your ass. Yeah, but if you say, I'm going to take my microphone and stick it up your ass. <laughs> By the way, audience, I, I gave a little wink there. He did wink at me in it. Like it, it's clearly a dick when you say it that way. Oh god! And also, just like I, I can't even jokingly say that I support the cops. I do not support the cops. Jesus fucking Christ! A-cap, oh no! A-cap, don't, A-cap, that's, A-cap, don't A-cap, worry. A-cap. This is not a cop supporting podcast. I it's- know, but like I can't live with myself if I, if I even pretend that I like cops for a second. Well, <laughs> I don't blame you. Let, let's talk about this for a second because I had to like think about like I like this detective. Is this copaganda? Uh, I don't think it is because like every single cop in this movie is goddamn idiot. Yeah, yeah and or, also or fucked up in some ultimately way. his heroic arc in this film is trying to kill himself. Yeah, yeah, and he does so successfully. So like, <laughs> this, really, like, yeah. this movie ultimately is the triumphant story of a cop who wants to die because he did bad at his job. Redemption <laughs> and from he his succeeds. Sins. <laughs> I miss my girlfriend. I'm bad at my job. <laughs> Right, but eventually he, he becomes the ultimate like, oh, hero cop by exploding himself. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, it's. I mean, I have that same feeling. I don't even like to even just a little bit be on cop sides because they're the worst humans we have in our society. Sure, but like, yeah, but I'm not necessarily. I'm. I think the cop is entertaining. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Keystone Cops, entertaining. Also, accurate <laughs> representation of cops. <laughs> Oh, buddy, I love cop movies. I hate cops. I refuse to talk to them under any circumstances. But, like, a month into quarantine, I watched every Shane Black movie back-to-back. I mean, frequent Fred Decker collaborator, collaborator too. BFF. Yeah. and it's They're legit BFFs. I mean, I have a RoboCop tattoo on my body. Hell yeah. But I justify loving RoboCop because, one, he doesn't cross the picket line. Mm-hmm. And the end of the movie, it's him killing a CEO. That's the most anti-cop shit in the, in the fucking world. Right, he I breaks the rules. I have an evil tattoo. What's that? I have an evil Knievel tattoo. Oh, hell yeah. He's, you can't see uh, it. But for the no. audience at home, he's dead and on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how cop should be. <laughs> no, like... One thing that I appreciate about this movie and Fred Decker's work, like I have said, it's anti. A lot of it's anti-cop. The cops are shown to be one either ineffective, ineffectual, stupid, or just bad at what they do. The solution yeah. is to shoot everything. Yeah, and it turns out it makes it worse later on in the movie. I think that's <laughs> that's just my theory. But they can't stop rain slugs and they can't stop Dracula. Yeah, 
Where are we in this movie? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the police escape. are investigating uh, the body being stolen from the morgue. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, so they're investigating. He's like, find the other body. And then after that, they cut to our Bradster. Yeah. Bradster dropping off scene. He's like, sorry, babe, we can't hang out. We're too busy uh, hazing some nerds, uh, which is true. They are busy doing that. Uh, and that's when Cindy's walking up to her bedroom. In a scene that really stuck out to me, I was like, what the fuck? Why mm. is this scene in the movie? One of her uh, sorority sisters was like, hey, I got these jars of brains. Can I store them in the basement? <laughs> and Cindy's like, yeah, whatever, fine. Yeah. Prez, Lori told me to ask you if I could store these in the house till Monday. Is that okay? What are they? Well, they're kind of brains. Normal college thing. Yeah, you know, just a normal college thing. Just keep it, uh, well, that happens in college sometimes. I knew I knew somebody who was in a medical school who kind of snuck a brain out to a class of children. What? Yeah. To show off, they're like, hey, kids, look at this brain. <laughs> Just bring it from an animal or something. Yeah, I don't. it's cooler if it's a human brain. I think it was just kind of like to show off to the kids. Like, look how cool I am, kids. Yeah. I can get a human brain. <laughs> look at this which, brain I stole, children. Anytime, anytime I want, I can get brains all day. Honestly, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that is the tightest shit. If I yeah. had a job where I could just have brains whenever I wanted them. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. kind of have that, but everybody frowns on it. I've stepped in brains. <laughs> Never mind. Let's not keep going down. <laughs> Let's not keep going down this. It's... So there's brains in the basement. Keep that in your head for later. <laughs> yeah. And that's when the zombie's coming. Yeah, finally. You see the shuffling feet. The, the, the escaped cadaver is on the loose. Going to the sorority. Yeah. He's, he went to the same sorority he went to in the 50s. And he, he creeps and creeps on our, our, our lady hero, Cindy, who's... Cindy Cronenberg. Cindy Cronenberg, because Cronenberg. everybody's named after horror movie people. Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, Cindy Cronenberg, Ray Cameron, who I think... This was when James Cameron was still, like, kind of, like, hot off of being involved with Roger Corman movies. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's Corman University. Yeah, like, Corman where they University. Go. There's someone named Romero. Yeah. Uh, There's Sergeant Raimi. Yeah. Which, so. shout out to Evil Dead. Like oh, that. Detective Landis also. Oh. Officer Craven. Uh, less, less Officer Bava. <laughs> Officer Bava. That's a that's a decently good or deep cut. Yeah, that is. Damn. Who's Bava? I don't know Bava. It's it's probably just a character that was only named in the script. Yeah. In any case, so the, yeah. the zombie shambles up to the, the window. He tries to give her a flower. <laughs> <laughs> Fails because his head explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Worms start spewing out of his head. It's great. Detective Cameron pulls up to the sorority, mm. walks to the sorority, stops to smell the roses. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Which, fun Perfect. fact, yeah. that, that was an idea from Tom Atkins, the actor. He's like, I think I should do this. And honestly, it's a nice little affectation that's super good. A nice little yeah. detail in this movie. Yeah. Great character setting. This yeah. guy really wants to die and also is enough of a hopeless romantic that he would stop and smell a flower on the way to a crime scene. <laughs> I hope that when I finally have the courage to kill myself, I stop to smell flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and if anything, it's just kind of it's it's nice that he, uh, you know, he, he never let the love die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gave it fifty good years. 
Woof. Ooh, yeah. And so we get Sandwich Cop. He's back. He's like eating on the steps. He's like, here, look, we got another dead body. <laughs> yeah, well, check this out. It's gross. <laughs> Caucasian. Unusual pallor to the complexion. What's left of it? It's that body you were looking for, Detective. Thrill me. He's eating, pulls back the sheet. Detective Cameron recognizes this body. Mm. It's the young buck who stole his high school sweetheart. And he just like, you know, looks off into the distance right into the camera and he's just like, Jesus Christ. He's just like, <laughs> my God. Jesus Christ. And he wanders behind the fraternity, looks at the uh, house, Marm's house. It's a really forlorn, scared look on his face. When his buddy comes up, he's like, hey, what are you doing? Living in the past, you idiot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean... Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point, other cop. <laughs> Next day, we cut to the college. We haven't skipped over the shot you wanted to talk about, have we? No, that was it. It's just the shot of him smelling of a flower. Oh yeah, one yeah. of that's one just of, so sweet. It's uh, yeah, like it's one of the, like I mentioned at the beginning. There are these three, maybe four times where the movie is genuinely affecting, and that's one of them. Yeah, and we're coming up on kind of another one. Not really, but uh, next day. <laughs> The Nazi uh, frats like, what the fuck are you doing? Why'd you two turds drop a dead body in front of all the hot babes? That's not what we said to do. <laughs> and Bradster does probably the biggest heinous crime in this, and he knocks over JC's crutches, knocking him down. Yeah, and everyone recognizes that, except for the, the, uh, the jocks, as a bad move. <laughs> continuing the Christ allegory, this is the moment where Jesus is being whipped. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> Some yep. people like it. Some people don't like it. It's like you are really good at finding this imagery. Like I'm looking at the whole movie through a new light. Like anyway. the furnace later on is the cave Jesus was in. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So so Cynthia has officially switched side from the Bradster. Uh, yeah. She's like, you know what? I'm tired of your Aryan good looks, and I'm. I'm going to the, the nerd squad. Yeah. And you have forsaken our Lord Jesus Christ by knocking his crutches over. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's a convert. <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get picked up by the detective. Yeah. Taken in. The janitor narked on them. Yeah. Said, the janitor said he saw them running... From the lab, screaming like banshees, and I'm not going to do an impression of the janitor because it would be problematic for yeah. a white gentleman like me to try and do whatever that character was. Yeah, we'll just leave it up to your own interpretation of what's going on there. Uh, but the night janitor narked him out, and now they've been taken in for questioning. Uh, and uh, JC is trying to, to cover for his bud. Yeah, he's like, no. I mean, we were there, but we didn't do any of that. But Chris fucking folds. Folds immediately. Immediately. He's like, yeah, we did it. Sorry. <laughs> he's lying. We did it. Like, why is the hero of this movie just a wet blanket? Like a giant ginger-headed, pudding-bodied piece of shit. Uh, you know, just like to be nothing. To not taint the core of the movie. Which is, uh, brain slugs are cool. And, well... You don't want him to upstage JC. I guess this movie really is about Chris's metamorphosis from 
loser, schlubby dork to guy who gets the girl. Yeah. Like, it, it, Chris is a, a like, Chris is a Jake. To bring this back to a little bit to, to Animorphs, like, you know, Chris is like, he's in the leadership position. He's in the, the head position, not because he's qualified or has charisma or anything. He's just there. He gets picked randomly. It's like, all right, you're you're the lead now, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> and people just go along with it. Everyone's going to support you. Yeah, Cindy is like, oh, yeah, I'm in love with you. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> just like it's nothing. Immediate. But it's fine. It's. So they, they get brought into questioning. Uh, cool detective is like, yeah, I get it. This is probably just some college prank. I believe that you didn't, like, drag a corpse over to this yard. Right. Because you... You are you're a bunch of nervous, you know, weaklings. So you didn't do this, uh, so you're free to go. And yeah, that's when in the same police department, the uh, scientist wakes up a zombie. He's like, "Oh, I'm a zombie now." Yeah, sandwich cop uh, in his final touching scene <laughs> yeah. uh, is is doing some lab work <laughs> while eating a sandwich. <laughs> Does not notice the corpse come alive and wander away. As the corpse is wandering away. Another cop walks by and is like, yeah, man, have a good night. See you tomorrow. Just yeah. more evidence that cops are stupid and not observant. Right. We're, while this like zombie is walking away with like, uh, Ty, you, you're a medical person. What, uh-huh. is, what is it when they take out your sternum and they, they pop you open? What gross. What is that, what is that <laughs> it's called? It's gross. <laughs> it's, I mean, we just call it crack in the chest is when we do it in the ER. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, I don't like to watch it. So the corpse is like that. <laughs> Fun fact. Do you know how many people that I've taken care of that have ever survived a chest cracking? Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good thing. DNR all the way. Just, hey, let this be a public record. DNR. <laughs> not me. I'm going to get frozen. I'm going to get cryogenically frozen like that guy. I don't actually care about being woken up. I just want my, my life to end in a block of ice. Well, that's fair. What if they cut your head and penis off and put on Walt Disney's head and Jeffrey Epstein's penis on your body? Would that be okay? Maybe. All right, we'll revisit it. I'll yeah. let you stew on it. Listen, I'm just yeah, saying that I would I would be a willing vessel for any sort what, of experiment. What do I get for doing that? Uh, you collect your reward in the kingdom of heaven, like all of us. Oh. Thank <laughs> you, JC. <laughs> yeah. The next part, after the janitor gets killed, because the zombie goes and kills the janitor, mm-hmm. the cat becomes a zombie. Right. Cindy sees it. Cut to our detective reading his yearbook. Yeah, reading his yearbook, reminiscing, looking more into the axe murders because he he saw some shit. Yeah, he's like, I wonder if the the axe murder be doing this. Whatever. Cindy goes to Chris and says, "Hey, can we go for a walk?" So they do a nice romantic walk where Chris and Cindy and JC walk. Well, because Chris still needs a wingman. Yeah, because he he can't handle it yet. He can't do it. And. There were three pairs of footprints in the sand. (laughs) (laughs) When there were three footprints, that's when that was before Jesus left. Exactly. So she's like, "Yeah, I saw evil slugs. I saw a zombie cat. Do you guys believe me?" And they're like, "No." Well, yeah, which I don't get. They saw a zombie previous. (laughs) Yeah, like this zombie tried to get me. Uh, So JC like dips out because he he knows that. Chris can be left on his own now. Like, he did the whole, like, dad guiding you on a bike, pushing you down. And yeah. he's like, all right, time for me to go. Yeah, plus he uh, had to shit. He also had to <laughs> take a big dump. That's the thing. <laughs> Jesus did have to shit. Yeah, you never think about that part. He's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. 
And so it cuts to him in the bathroom, mm-hmm. writing very nicely some graffiti on the wall yeah. in pencil, because he's a polite man. Roy, are you a uh, bathroom graffiti man? No. I, I can never. I, it just it feels like too much pressure. Why? I, I think... If you want something that's going to like last there, I mean, everything gets painted over eventually, but like... You want to put something on the wall that people aren't going to want to remove. That people are going to be sad to see gone when it's removed. And I can never think of something that's worth leaving up. The most I've ever written is just, fuck you. Okay, yeah. More often than I actually write bathroom graffiti of my own, I write reply pieces. Like, if somebody writes something that I think sucks, I'll just write, this guy sucks. Yeah, that's good. I've done a few, this guy sucks. It's the public forum, you know. My my favorite bathroom graffiti thing, which I think fits your category, oh. like your uh, criteria, is one that was a drawing of a trumpet that said "butt trumpet," <laughs> and every time I took a shit there, it was, like made me happy. It, like it brightened Wait. my day a little bit. Just butt I trumpet. I, I I remember one thing actually. Uh, when I was in college, my senior year of college, uh, I had a bunch of classes that were not business classes, but were in the business building because they were just like overflow classes. Mm-hmm. And somebody in that department, some business student, had read Atlas Shrugged <laughs> and was writing who is John Galt in every bathroom <laughs> stall. And I started taking a Sharpie with me every day. And every day I would find, like, a who is John Galt graffiti. And I would wipe away or cross out John Galt. And I would write Wiener Dave. <laughs> so it said, who is Wiener Dave? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the perfect response to who is John Galt. <laughs> I can't believe you said you'd never done anything memorable with graffiti. I, I hadn't thought about that since it happened, <laughs> which was a decade ago. <laughs> Listen, people write that. They don't have an answer. Turns out there is an answer. <laughs> yeah, answer no, Wiener Dave's a guy. I'm not going to tell questions. you anything about him. But he's out there. Oh, man. Yeah, if anyone's out there and you ever see who is John Galt, please change it to who is Wiener Dave. And if somebody out there knows Wiener Dave, just like, <laughs> let me know, man. I need to I need to go to his paradise. If anyone knows who Wiener Dave is, don't let me know. I want to <laughs> live with the mystery. I don't want to know. I w- it's just kill John Galt. Replace <laughs> him with Wiener Dave. Oh, fuck me. So- <laughs> Jay-Z's in the bathroom taking a huge woofer. <laughs> he, he hears some slithering about. He cracks open the door, and there's like a headless body <laughs> yeah, on the ground. A dead janitor on the ground with worms coming out of its brain. He's like, oh, shit. And for, for no reason, I've thought about this for a long time. For no reason, he, he pulls out matches. Yeah, He's there's like, matches on the <laughs> ground, and he reaches for them. I'm going to light one of these bastards on fire. <laughs> Which, it works. Yeah, perfect, it works. Perfect, perfect solution. Uh, you know, like if you encounter a monster, uh, fire is a good choice, actually. And he falls down, trying yeah. to get away. And slug comes at him. Yep. Smash cut. We don't know what happens, but right. we kind of know what happens. Right. In a scene reminiscent of the movie uh, Dreamcatcher, wherein uh, <laughs> Jason Lee's character is an ex-smoker who is taken to putting toothpicks in his mouth constantly. And is at some point on the toilet with an alien in the toilet. 
and he has to get off the toilet to pick up his toothpick off the dirty bathroom floor, and one of the aliens in that movie goes up his butt. Jesus Christ, I've got to watch Dreamcatcher. Yeah, I feel like Dreamcatcher. Perhaps that is where Stephen King got the idea. (laughs) Uh, I'm just remembering things from Dreamcatcher. I was thinking about Cujo. He he doesn't remember writing Cujo. I don't know if you know that. I do know that. Yeah, he doesn't remember writing The Shining, and says that it's not supposed to be a reflection of the fact that at the time that he wrote it, he was like gacked out of his mind and being abusive to his family. <laughs> <laughs> he says that it's completely not related to that. That he wrote a book about an author who is gacked out of his mind and being abusive to his family. <laughs> Completely unrelated. Yeah, this is a different thing. His name is Jack. I'm Steven. <laughs> <laughs> None of them. Uh, Wiener Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we gotta keep on going. We come back. Yeah. To, you got, yeah, we all have shit to do today. <laughs> we cut back to our hero Chris dropping Cindy off at home. He gets picked up by the detective in, you know, the iconic line from the trailer. The uh, zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date for the formal. This is classic, Spanky. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date for the formal. This is classic, Spanky. And that's when the detective abducts Chris and takes him home well, and tells him his life story. I feel like at this point we should address that the detective calls him Spanky and Alfalfa. Yeah, Spanky and Alfalfa. That's what for, he calls Chris for the, and JC. the kids out there who don't know uh, the Little Rascals, which are also kind of before our time as well. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. before your parents' time. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I didn't even put it together that it was Little Rascal. No, it's Little Rascal. I only know it from the remake they did in the 90s with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. She's only in one scene. I don't know why I it to Whoopi Goldberg. It's fine. <laughs> Just like how Bruce Campbell is my favorite character in Dark Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. So, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg is my Bruce Campbell. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Yeah. So he drags this kid home. And this is another genuinely affecting, albeit funnier, scene where the detective's like, do you have a high school girlfriend? Yeah, what happened to her? He's like, oh, she she, uh, she decided we should never speak again. And he's like, yeah, me too. And he tells his life story about how his girlfriend broke his heart, and then he, as a young cop, found her, mm-hmm. being found her lifeless corpse, dismembered corpse. Yeah. How he tracked the real killer down on his off time. Not alone. But with his good friend, Mr. 12-Gage. Yeah, his friend, the 12-Gage. Hunted him down, killed the killer in cold blood, and buried him in a vacant lot. Yeah. And now that lot, where the person was buried, was right under where the house sorority marm is. Oh, no. Like, this was probably top two or three scenes of the movie is his little speech where he's, one, being absolutely hilarious to start and then completely real and genuine and dramatic giving this speech. It is so like, I hate to keep saying jarring, but that's what this tone or that's what this movie juggles. Well with tone is jarring, serious, 
genuine scenes with weird tropes and nostalgia homage. Yeah. He is disassociating when he's saying this. Like, he's listening to the words that the uh, Chris is saying, but, like, not actually responding. Oh, yeah. He's not even responding. Because at he's, one point, Chris is like, do you think you should be telling me this? And he goes, close. I killed the man. That's <laughs> right. Like, but that's not the fun part. The fun part's what happened next. What happened next? Guess. The police found him. Close. I found him. It wasn't what you call your routine police work either. What would you call it? Revenge. You see, I tracked him during my off hours. By yourself? Oh, no, 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 no. I took my 12 gauge with me. I tracked him and I found him. And when I found him, I leveled off that shotgun right at his chest. Spanky, guess what happened next? Should you be telling me this? Close. I pulled the trigger. That's all real exciting and everything, but listen, I've got a midterm. I wrapped study. his body in a plastic bag. I buried him in a vacant lot. The lot right behind your girlfriend's sorority. Of course, it isn't a vacant lot anymore. Now the house mother's cottage is sitting right on top of it. Look, detective, now I don't mean to be rude or anything, but other than just kind of wanting to confess to a murder, is there a point to this story? Spanky, that's exactly what I'm trying to figure out. Well, that's a, that's a weird response, but okay, keep going. And it's this beautifully acted scene Mm. because it's the first time Chris is even any good and he's just like a reaction vessel to Tom Atkins going on. Well, the reason why Chris is good is because he needs to be like confused and scared and dumbfounded and like that 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 actor has a dumbfounded face throughout this entire yeah, movie he really it, it might just be a cool Ashav effect thing where like you are inferring that he's acting good because he's being put next to an amazing performance of this horrible cop man remembering the only moment of joy he's ever experienced in his life <laughs> yeah, his only moment of joy I murdered a guy in cold blood yeah that's most of them that's all he thinks about <laughs> He misses his girl. Well, he thinks about killing himself a lot, too. Chris says something like, apart from admitting a murder, admitting a murder to me and telling me the story, is there a point to any of this? And Tom Atkins just goes, Spanky, that's exactly what I'm trying to figure out. And then it cuts to the zombie ripping through the floor and killing the sorority marm. Yeah. And infecting the dog. And infecting the dog. With a, a slug. Right, like the yeah, the thing that we're not mentioning is like throughout this entire movie, like they're just vomiting yeah. slugs everywhere. People, the, like slugs are being puked. They're scurrying around the backgrounds. Right, it kicks ass. It, it really does. It's great, and it's terrifying. The idea of a brain slug terrifies me. Okay. So, <laughs> what happens is the detective rushes to the house marm because he gets a call saying there's been an attack. He shows up. The house marm's been murdered, and sandwich cop has a really good line. He says, We used a different stretcher for every piece. We'd be here all night. 
And so the detective's like, oh, God, he knows. Like, there's a hole in the floor. The axe murder's loose. He's like, find this motherfucker. Right. But he grabs his shotgun. Mm-hmm. They hunt the zombified axe murderer down to an alley. They've got him cornered. He turns around. Tom Atkins is like, I already killed you. Right. It's like admitting to his crime, surrounded by cops. They don't care because cops really don't care. And they just start, the zombie smiles at Tom Atkins and they just start blasting this motherfucker. Yeah. And it's such a cool scene too. Like this is when it gets, this is when the movie cranks up to like, we're going to have some fun with some special effects time. Yeah. Like and, and each like, gunshot through the zombie light is shot through. Right. Uh, like when the zombie turns around, there's a really good zombie smile where it's just like you can tell the head is skinnier than what it should be. So it's not just a dude wearing a mask. Yeah, it's like a right? really nice, like, you know, animatronic prosthetic. Thing. Yeah. Super yeah. Cool. yeah. I want to know what this film's budget was. I mean, it had to have a bit of a budget, right? Like it's it, pretty well made. They had a there's... UFO sequence at the beginning that really doesn't like belong, yeah, which is one great. Set, <laughs> one set with multiple cuts. Yeah, exactly. It was like they had a, they had some money to work with, which I'm glad they they spent it wisely. Our detective blows the head off the zombie. It explodes. Slugs fly everywhere. Slide by the cops. They all just kind of look at each other like, "What was that?" Yeah. Smash cut to a bunch of sexy babes getting ready for their dance. Oh, here comes some hot babes. Uh, young fellas, get ready for the hot babes. Yeah, this is the second scene in the movie that we would call for daddy. Yeah, this one's for daddy. Earlier in the movie, there was one tiny scene for daddy when Cynthia got naked. Yeah. But this is the scene yeah. where all the babes get naked for daddy. Yeah, and all the, all of the bros at their house, they're, they're drinking, they're spilling beer everywhere. Yeah, not a single hog out on any of them. I really want more male nudity in movies. This is when that was still illegal. So, so they're they're getting ready for the big prom, college prom. The, dance, yeah, the do, college are, formal. Are there formal dances in college? Is that yeah, just a thing? I've that been I just to one. Missed? It was not great. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, like they they. So my experience with a college dance. <laughs> This was back in SOU, Southern Oregon University. Okay. Um, is that it was just like, uh, hey, come to the college formal dance. Dress up yeah. and, and bring your girl. Uh, so I did both those things, and it was just, it was fine. It was an okay time. But it was just like, it was never what this was. No. How right? big was like, your we didn't university? Rent a party bus. <laughs> How big was the university that you went to? You know, like a, a small to medium-sized university. Like, yeah. You know, so I, I went to the University of Texas, which has like 50,000 students, yeah. which might be why there was never any dances, because holy shit, yeah. that would suck. Yep. Be awful. That would be real bad. I went to a community college that got shot up. Did they have a dance? Yes. <laughs> I never went to them. They That's had a couple of assemblies though. after that, I remember. They'd, yeah, it's fine. We don't have to bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> So they're getting ready. The boys hop onto their party bus. Yeah. The girls are like, ooh, we're getting pretty for all the hot studs. Yeah. But uh, Brad is not getting ready. No, Brad is pissed off. He's drunk. Right. Abusive. Because Chris stole his girl. Right. I mean, I'd be mad if Chris stole my girl. I, yeah, yeah. Chris Chris kind of sucks. <laughs> He's so huge weed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And With a I'm single, let's mingle bumper sticker on his study fucking thing. <laughs> yep. Fuzzy <laughs> dice. <laughs> and so Brad's like screaming at the house drunk. He's like, fuck you, bitch. Whatever. <laughs> I just, I fucking and, love this next yeah. bit. 
the boys load onto a bus, and the main boy now is like, "Come on, we're going to get done, dudes." It's like Jesus Christ. That sounds is the a most, little Canadian. A little like that's that, the that, most eighties shit in the world. That guy had an accent. <laughs> And all the while, while these two groups are getting together, Chris goes home. He sees a tape recorder and scrawled on a piece of paper, it says, listen, with an arrow pointed. And this is the moment of the movie where the movie becomes serious. This is the part of the movie where I actually kind of got a little bit like disturbed in the way that a horror movie kind of is supposed to disturb you. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. it reminds me of my favorite like zombie movie, which is Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Where they feel I, themselves turn into a zombie, right? Because you don't really get that in a lot of zombie movies where they kind of feel themselves kind of turn. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is like a recorded message from the hero of the movie, CJ. Yeah. JC, Jesus J- Christ. J- sorry, JC, Jesus Christ. Uh, where he has recorded him turning himself, uh, like him turning into a, a slug zombie. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't think I have a pulse. I can feel them inside me. I can feel them in my brain. Yeah, which, I... You wouldn't believe it, Chris. I walked. I was able to walk by myself. Fire kills them. It's so good. <laughs> like I love being a zombie. Well, he did. He, He's not saying I love being a zombie, but it's this. It's another little serious monologue from JC where it's heartfelt and touching. Yeah, and horrifying. Well, and he also lays out that like I'm I'm going to the furnace. Yeah, he's like I know that fire kills them. I'm gonna go to where I know there's a lot of fire. So, I love you, man. Try to be happy. Kill these things. Yeah. There's one inside me. Got in through my mouth. I can feel it. It's in my brain. And Chris does not take this news well. No. He runs to the furnace. He runs to Golgotha. The hill. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Bible thing? Yeah, so it's where uh, Jesus yeah. Christ was uh, crucified. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. I just saw the movie where I've the guy never traveled been to church, back and I knew that. I don't. I I know that from the movie Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> Same. The, yep. <laughs> the most experience I have with any Jesus stuff is watching that movie where the hitman traveled back in time to kill Jesus. Oh, that was good. God, I want to see that movie so bad. Have you not seen it? It fucking rocks. Oh no, that's good. So good. Are you okay? We have a problem. I agreed to build the time sheet. They already did it. They sent Rand a team somewhere already. We can't kill him. Jesus is a prophet. We should honor him. Yes, he would be correcting the greatest deception of all time. I get it. It's the ultimate jihad. Eliminate Christianity by killing Jesus before the resurrection. I'm not lying. <laughs> it's up there. <coughs> like, Gesundheit. <coughs> You'll only get threes. one. It's always it's always three. Also, uh, sneezing with a bruised rib fucking sucks. Oh fuck that! Mm. You need to watch thirty Assassin thirty three eighty. That's what it's yep. called, right? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's also not as bad as. Sorry, I know we need to keep on focus, but a few years ago, I, cr- I crashed my bike and I hit my handlebar right dead on my sternum. No. I couldn't breathe for a minute. I was just like laying in the median of a road. I managed to get up. I got home somehow. I got on my computer. I went on Tumblr. And the first thing I saw was a picture of a dog staring at a birthday cake. 
and I just started laughing, and it was the most pain that I'd ever experienced in my entire life, and I ended up falling on the floor. I, just, I, just, I couldn't stop laughing at this picture of a dog, but every time I would look at it, it just ma- made it feel more like there was a knife inside of my lungs, and I just spent like 10 minutes lying on the ground, <laughs> laughing and sobbing. Man, it sounds like you're living life. <laughs> That's all I can say is just like, you know. It's a really good picture. Yeah, it sounds funny. It's kind of how I (laughs) felt after appendicitis when I busted a stitch pooping. Man, (laughs) y'all, both of you are living it. I've done none of these things. I'm in perfect health. And I I called my surgeon. He's like, no, it's fine. They're supposed to break anyway. (laughs) I'm like, oh, good. I'll just make sure my guts don't come out. Cool. It was good times. Back to the night of the creeps. We're creeping yeah. it real. They're spooktacular. Awooga. Spooky. Do you have any spooky things you want to say or do? Uh, me? Yeah. No. All right, good. So uh, Chris goes to the detective's house, who's laying on the couch, looking depressed, but also a little relieved. Yeah. He like everything's strewn apart. His yearbook's out. His gun's out. Everything's there. You hear a hissing noise. You do hear a hissing noise. Doorbell rings. It's Chris. He's like, they got Alfalfa. Once Chris tells the detective that aliens are here and they killed Alfalfa, he's like, we gotta save the girls. And the detective makes this quick little decision to try and save Chris's girlfriend. Yeah. To give Chris the life he never had. Yeah, I would, th- would you say like yes. Chris's girlfriend's in danger, so he's using this excuse to save Chris's girlfriend like he wanted to save his girlfriend. The detective then turns off his oven, which the door was open. Yeah. Our detective was at home, <laughs> had his oven on. Like listened to sad music, laid out on the couch. It was like, all right, time Wistfully to... Wistfully enjoying one last whiskey. Yeah. yeah. As he gets ready to light... Kill the fire that's going to consume him ultimately <laughs> and fulfill Wait. his arc. His this because this is a movie about a, a cop trying to kill himself. <laughs> yeah, like you thought he was gonna light the house on fire and it exploded. Oh like, yeah, uh, I thought he was just gonna like huff the carbon monoxide. Oh no, he was gonna he was gonna he was go gonna, out big. Yeah, he was gonna set it all on fire. I mean, you're right. Like he's he's a big guy. He wants to go out in a big way. <laughs> so. The party bus is cruising along, right? They're getting rambunctious, drinking like Miller High Lifes in, in the back of this bus. Like us, yeah. You know, like us currently. And um, the bus driver in like this really amazing shot for, for a brief like half second, right? He sees the dog in the road. It cuts back to the bus driver. And the, there's like a, two or three frames of the bus driver having like exploding eyeballs. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, Rory, but they did like this mannequin yeah, it's I, one of my favorite things about the movie. Yeah. And there's some other movie that that happens in. I can't remember what it is, but, like, one of my favorite things that you see sometimes in films is where, like, right when a car's about to crash, they replace the bus driver or whoever <laughs> the driver of the car with a... Yeah. There's other movies that happens in. I can't fucking remember what they are. I can't remember. Well, either. it happens a couple times in this movie, too, right? Yeah. There's a couple scenes where it's just, like, two or three frames of something that's, like, off. Where your brain catches it, but you can't quite register what the hell just happened. Like, I remember when the first time that we watched it, we paused the movie. It's like, wait, something was up with that bus driver when he hit that dog. <laughs> when they make the large Marge face. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, anyways, the bu- the bus eats it. Uh, all all the kids inside uh, die. <laughs> yeah, they all die. They all get wormed up. They're all dead now. And <laughs> uh, Cameron and Spanky go to the police station, and Cameron's like, "Give me all your guns." And the guy's like, "Yeah, okay, whatever, man." He's like, "No, I'm gonna fucking kill you unless you give me all your guns." What can I do you for? Well, the thing is, uh, Walter, what I need is. Need your basic flamethrower. Flamethrower? <laughs> flamethrower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flamethrower? Jesus. Yeah, like, so the detective is obviously kind of broke. <laughs> yeah, he's, his brain's gone. He's yeah. like, he knows this is it. Yep, the snapped. He finally so realizes like, this is how he can do it. Yeah, so he's like, I'm going to need that flamethrower. Because, <laughs> of course, a police department has a flamethrower. Uh, yeah, they have yeah. more now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they all have flamethrowers now. <laughs> like in the 80s, that was, oh, what the hell? But now it's like, oh, yeah, they all have Elon Musk flamethrowers. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, do they actually have a fl- Is there a flamethrower? There has to be. Yes. yes. What For what? Protesters. <laughs> uh, getting rid of weed crops. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably, yeah, actually. It's probably to, like, burn down contraband yeah. in a cool way. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you can't just, like, do it in a boring way. I mean, it's really all, always for protesters or Al-Qaeda, but uh, yeah. yep. it's for getting rid of weed crops. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, like the uh, terrorist uh, holes, the hole network. Yeah. yeah. For for uh, yeah, smuggling okay, weed across it. the border. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is when the movie becomes an action zombie movie. Right. Because now there's flamethrowers involved. <laughs> yeah. They show up. Detective runs in. He's like... You women closed well, those doors. H- hold up. You you ran right past the sea. I said, don't run past it, because it's great. Which one? Okay. So it, while they're going out to purchase their <laughs> their flamethrowers, um, uh, Brad. Finally, oh, the Brad dog scene. Right. So Brad finally has this conclusion to his arc. At first, he started as a dick with a the hot, hot babe girlfriend. Then he lost his hot babe girlfriend. And now he's just like drunk in front of the sorority. He's throwing beers at the sorority. And then comes this dog. He's like, dog, did you see that weird thing that just ran by? I saw. I could have swore I saw a worm. And then, then the dog looks right at him, shoots a worm right in his mouth. Zoop, right in there. Right into Brad's mouth. Hey, dog. Did you see that thing? Right, and worms then, him real good. Worm, worms him right up, and then like the, you know, next scene is him as a worm zombie <laughs> knocking on the door of the sorority, and oh, out yeah. comes Cynthia. Oh yeah, Cynthia right? sits down. And she's like, "We just can't be together. You're right. cruel. Like, You're an evil man." She's being really kind, like taking him by the hands and forsaken like, her Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, and like. This entire scene, worms are just plopping out of his mouth. He's just like, just like these popping sounds. Yeah. Those worms just falling. Dead face out. zombie makeup. Brad starts just puking out worms. It's so good. <laughs> and then in comes the the hero patrol. Right? Yeah, in comes Chris and Detective Cameron. They like they shoot Brad's head and it explodes with worms. Right, Cynthia, get down. Blam, yeah. <laughs> worm Brad explodes. That's when all the like the college guys show up. They're all worm zombies. Detective runs in the house, and that's when we get all the best dialogue in the movie. Right, so many quips. It's all good. We get the best shot in the movie. Like, yeah, fine, uh, Brad or not Brad. 
Chris since, teaches Cindy how to use the flamethrower, and she's like loving it, flaming up these dudes. Cynthia beca- finally becomes interesting. Yes. In that she loves having a flamethrower. <laughs> Which I think... Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, I yeah. was into it. Like, oh yeah. Good job, Cynthia. You, find, you found your spot. And inside Detective Cameron, he's like, you know, the boys are here. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay. So Detective Cameron? Cameron, yeah. Yeah, Detective Cameron. Yeah. He busts into the sorority. All the sorority girls are like screaming at him. Get out. I'm going to call the cops. He says, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, call go, the cops. Yeah, I'll go have sex with them. Yeah, go ahead. Call the cops. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to call the police. You do that. And and he's and they're just like, like he's like, hey, lady, go lock your door. And so she goes to lock the door. A zombie bursts through. He pushes a woman down and says, move. And then points his gun to the zombie and says, it's Miller time. And shoots a zombie in the head. Doctor, it's Miller time. Ex- explode. worms. Yep. And um, my favorite shot, and probably I've seen this year, and I've been watching a lot of movies, but this, I think, is my favorite. Like, ever since I saw Inside Man, I've never seen a better dolly shot. Oh, right? yeah. I don't know if you remember, like, not dolly shot, but like a tracking shot where, like, a character is focused in frame and everything is moving around them. Yeah, I don't like know what when the... Denzel Washington's being driven. Oh, uh, the, uh, it's called where like the the background changes around them. No, no, I'm not talking like it's Dolly Zoom, which of which yeah, there okay. are many in this movie, which yeah. I love. There are some yeah. good ones in this, but this like, one's just was... like him on a dolly being spun around, like a lazy Susan. Like they put him on. A oh, lazy okay, Susan, yeah, yeah, and yeah, he has yeah. his pistol out, and the entire background is like swirling around him, yeah. and he's just like shooting his pistol, screaming. He's screaming while he spins and comes up. And every shot, the camera is getting closer and closer to his face as he's just shooting zombies in the head. It's it's well, my where he favorite. He finally one gets of those. to experience the pure joy of being a cop by just getting to shoot whoever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, this movie makes it look great. You get to get <laughs> drunk all the time. You can eat a sandwich whenever you want. You can just kill people indiscriminately. <laughs> I mean, th- well, that's the allure of like all zombie movies is that you get to kill and have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Also, uh, just on zombie tropes, I I really appreciate this is one of those movies where you have zombies who have some vestigial interest in their actual interests, like from yeah, before yeah, yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a lot more interesting when when zombies re- retain some characteristics of themselves versus when they just become a thing. Agreed. Oh, that, that, agreed. That's, that's the most terrifying part. Zombie boyfriend guy was probably in whatever was left of his brain trying to make up with his ex girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> puking zombie. But all that was—that's all he could express himself with. He's spilling his guts. And <laughs> 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 <Animorphin> time spooktacular. <laughs> uh, but like, like. No, like to yeah, echo that. I that's that's the part of like zombie movies that actually really freaked me out as a kid is when they could like the 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 soul has not left. The soul is still yeah. hanging around. It's still there, and you feel all of it, and you're still trying to do the stuff that you're still trying to do. Which is why I love Return of the Living Dead is because mm-hmm. they all retain their consciousness. They're like, I love you. That's, Come give me your brain, yeah. <laughs> right? Seen movie and forever. yeah, like so the. All the zombie, like, you know, uh, uh, ch- hunks. 
Yeah. Would you call them studs? Hunt? Yeah. Studs? Yeah, all the, all the yeah. zombie studs are like trying to go into this sorority is because they're there to pick up their dates. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's when like they just start killing people. The, the two romantic leads get trapped in a shed where they get to do some fun little banter. Yeah. And kill more zombies with a lawnmower. Yeah, like, like she. Fun. Yeah, Cynthia has a good one where she blasts a zombie with a flamethrower. It's good stuff. Yeah, that was like, before Bad Taste, right? Or Brain Dead? Th- yeah, this is way yeah, this before. Was... Brain Dead was like '92. I looked it up. Yeah. So I was like, who stole what? Yeah. Yeah. Later, dude. Nobody well, stole okay. Anything. So I think. Peter Jackson maybe stole the the lawnmower from this movie, but also no. Wait, also the I think Bad Taste came after after this also, and the aliens in this just look like the the shit in Bad Taste. Oh, yeah, Bad Taste, <laughs> Bad Taste, what a movie! <laughs> it's no Meet the Feebles. Uh, but like, honestly, the one thing I like about horror movies in general though is that they always share shit. Like, yeah. you know, everything is up for grabs. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that Peter Jackson stole the lawnmower no, 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 bit from Bay Dead. Like, yeah, it's just more of like, listen, anything you do here is up for grabs. Take take a lawnmower. Have have yourself a, a, a slug zombie. Make slither. I mean, yeah, we're talking about a movie that is entirely made out of homages to other movies. Yeah and, yeah, and reading Fred Decker's own words, he's like, oh, yeah, we did that on purpose. We filled it with as many tropes as we could. And like, okay, yeah, it works. Whatever, man. Yeah, therefore, yeah. you can take anything from that movie, and it's all cool. Yeah. So the movie is like an action, and they they notice slugs running, like slithering to the basement. So they go down to the basement, and then there's the detective with duct tape on his mouth. It's like, no, no, get out of here, go, go, go. Yeah, screaming with Finally a gas killing pain. myself. <laughs> yeah, Leave me alone. This is the only way I can come. <laughs> <laughs> and they they back away. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay. The detective starts counting down. He's spreading gasoline on this wall of slugs, going for the jars of brains. Yeah, good stop motion shit here with the slugs. Uh, I appreciated it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he, and the, the, the so the the detective rips off the tape on his mouth. He starts counting down. Yeah, till when he finally goes to heaven. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna go see my best friend Alfalfa. <laughs> and, and like, so he starts counting down. The couple runs out, counting along with him. And then we get a cool big movie explosion. The house house explodes. With a nice little close-up on the flower that he kissed. Yeah. Or smelled. He didn't kiss the flower. Ends with the flower he loved. And that's when we get the horror movie ending. Like, the guy gets the girl. He kisses her. Everybody's happy. Having a fun time. Yeah. Then comes into frame our burnt-up detective, dead, smoking a cigarette, having a grand old time. Drops down dead, mm-hmm. head explodes worms. The worms go to the cemetery. Oh, zombies are coming. And then the spaceship spotlight yeah, I don't, <laughs> shines I, on the cemetery. And I, don't know, ends. I don't know why that was there. It was it was strange. It was the reference, yeah, this movie started with aliens, the so beginning. we should maybe, like, you know. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, Rory, but that was not the original ending. I read the Wikipedia article earlier today. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like this ending more because it's weirder. Yeah, what's, what yeah. was the other ending? The other ending was they see the dog run up and they're like, "Oh, look, a cute dog!" and it spits a worm at him. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the dog spitting worms out at everybody. You just love that dog, that worm spitting dog. It's fine. I, I do. I like the idea of like anything being spit in a mouth. All right, so that's Night of the Creeps, y'all. What do we think of Night of the Creeps? It rocks. A plus. It fucking rocks. Five out of five. 
Guess what's been on... I've been drinking craft beer for this entire recording, but guess what has been just inches away from me this whole time? Let's see it. Oh, oh yeah. Miller oh, God. I oh, could have been drinking a Miller High Life. Woo! Miller High Life, boys. It's Miller time. It is Miller. Could have been part of the thing. Like it's the, it's the beer that really lets you know that you've become an alcoholic, is if you're drinking it's, a lot of Millers. It's, it's the beer that I drink drinking. every year on New Year's. It's the champagne of beers. Yeah, yeah. It's agreed. So yeah, we highly recommend Night of the Creeps. Now, highly recommend Miller High Life. <laughs> You all want to play my spooky Night of the Creeps game? I've been wondering what that is for the last, like, hour and a half. So, this is called Decker or Becker, where you get to decide if it's a quote from a Fred Decker movie or a quote from the TV show Becker with Ted Danson. All right. (laughs) I'm an expert at Becker, so I feel like I'll be good here. (laughs) I'm going to start you all off with a very easy one. All right, great. Okay. How are we going to – who wants to go first? I think well, uh, well, uh, Roy. How about you go first, and I will uh, I'll pick the opposite for fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we can we can be in agreement. I'll let that okay. happen. Like, Wait, no, it's it's not up to me. It's up to the game master. Ooh. All right, g- game master. Before I start, let me give you a Halloween pun. Okay. All right. What kind of music does the mummy play at a party? Does he rap? Yes, it's rap music. <laughs> Ah, great. I was cool, going thanks. to say gothic industrial. <laughs> or okay. Egyptian First one, very easy. Music. I want to start it off nice and easy. Okay. This is for you, Rory. Okay. This is classic, Spanky. Decker. Correct. Yeah, Decker. Give me a chance to respond so I can debate. Everybody, We just quoted it. It's probably clipped sorry. in the episode. No, you're right. I shouldn't question the Game Master. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Game Master. I spent all of about 20 minutes putting this together. I'm sorry, Game Let Master. Let me have it. All right. You ready for this, Nate? Yes. Someone finally shot me, and I thought it would be you. Becker. Correct. Nailed it. I know my Becker. That's an episode where Becker pisses someone off, and they shoot him. <laughs> was it the blind, like the no, blind no, guy? No, no. It was someone else. That was Margaret, the waitress at the restaurant, okay. saying that. Yeah, yeah. They had an on-off thing. I wonder why they didn't work out. All right. Rory, you ready? So far, it's one-to-one. Yeah. Yeah. Why do women always scream when they're surprised? Can't you just clutch your heart and drop dead like a man? Becker? That's correct. That's Becker. I don't know what Becker is. He hates women. (laughs) Wait, okay. Doctor who hates women. Roy, have you ever seen the movie, like the show Becker? No, I I know (laughs) that it's a TV show. With Ted Danson in it. Yeah. Holy shit. It's very... Look, I'm a Becker <laughs> defender. It's very bad, but very funny. Because Ted Danson wanted something different after Cheers, so he yeah. played a mean doctor. Okay. Cool. Let's keep on God. All right, yeah. Nate, this one's for you. Excellent. Don't count on it, chum. Decker. Can you name the movie for an extra point? Mm, Monster Squad. Incorrect. Robocop 3. Y'all are, y'all are tied. Should have known that. Roy, this one's for you. Okay. Time is almost up for the last chance of some pie. What does that mean? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Becker. Incorrect. Mm, it is Becker. Damn it. 
Oh. It's from Monster Squad. The old Holocaust survivor offers them pie. God, fuck. See, I, I would have guessed Becker because they, they are hanging out in that uh, restaurant. Yeah, I just thought because he's like a doctor and maybe he's bullying somebody who's had like heart failure. <laughs> like, <laughs> like last time, last time he used a pie, you, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> pie, you fat. After, after this, if you eat another slice of pie, you're gonna fucking die. But right now, <laughs> all right, let's 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 keep moving. All right, it's Nate's turn, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Let's go with if that's your daddy, and I truly hope that it is. He's got to be the dumbest man I've ever met. Mm, Decker. Correct. It's from the movie The Predator. <laughs> okay, great. I would have never guessed The Predator, so I'm glad you gave me that one. All right, all right. Here we go. Back to Rory. Yeah. Just when I think God couldn't screw me any further, he gets out the old black and Decker and twists a little harder. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the word Decker. In it. <laughs> is this Becker or Decker? Decker. Uh, is, is 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 it Becker? It's Becker. That's correct. Because <laughs> like Decker's not gonna say Decker. <laughs> All right, ready. All right, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready, Nate. I'm focused. Here we go. All right, here we go. Okay. <clears throat> Being politically correct takes a lot of energy, so it's fun to shoot your mouth off. Becker. Correct. It was Ted Danson talking about being on Becker. <laughs> oh, no. I would know that Decker's above the politically incorrect dialogue. He's really not. Oh, no. Are you sure? Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Is Decker canceled? No, he's still good. Okay. He just thinks he should be able to do whatever he wants. He, all right. All right. Last one for Rory. Okay. Last one in general. I've done them all. Let's be honest. Any, wor- any world where I have to be the responsible one, I don't want to live in. Becker. Correct. <laughs> Did anyone keep score? Uh, no. I kind of. You, you win. I would say, I, yeah, I think I won. No, 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 no. Oh. The other one. You, 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 you won. won. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. You win. <laughs> like the, the audience won from that delightful back and forth about Becker and Decker. No, I mean Taylor won. <laughs> You guys got any other Night of the Creeps or Decker-related puns or themes? Uh, you know, I liked both of those things. I, I like Decker. I like Becker. I know. Uh, I like Night of the Creeps a lot. Me too. Night of the Creeps. I'd uh, give it. Let's rate it. Um, what are we going to add? A 5, 10, 15, 20? Well, we, we need like context. What's your favorite alien slug movie? Uh, this. <laughs> Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Really? Like this beats Slither? I think, think this beats Slither. Mm. They're both movies that are like heavily reliant on pastiche stuff, so I think just th- yeah, because Slither is also like James Gunn is also like a guy who's really fond of pastiche work. Mm-hmm. So I think just by seniority, this one wins. Yep, I agree. It's more honest of a movie. Like I think it's more pure of a brain yeah. slug movie. It, it it's not self aware, whereas yeah, Slither I- is very self aware. I, I think yeah. just the love, like the 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 idea or the fact of like mid two thousands ironic detachment kind of takes away from my my enjoyment of Slither because like by the mid two thousands you couldn't even uh, sincerely make an ironic movie 
Mm-hmm. You know? Agreed. Night of the the Creeps is also an ironic film, but it's completely convicted in what it's doing. Oh, yeah. It acts like it doesn't know that that it's a joke. It acts like it, and the actors take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I don't know where we lost that, but we need to bring it back. Um, I mean, even... I think, like, James Gunn's follow-up movie, Super, does a better job of pretending that it, it's a serious film. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, that's, a hor- that's a horrifying movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I the, forgot he did Super. Like, like that, that movie is amazing. The Kevin Bacon drugging up the girlfriend and keeping her as a sex slave? Whew. Or the... the uh, there's a rape scene in that movie. Oh God, where, there is. Yeah, where Ellen Page rapes Rain Wilson. <laughs> yeah, it's so slimy. <laughs> yeah, it's that is. I think that is more fucked up than um, I'll say. Even I spit on your grave because that movie just sucks too much to matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that is the one of the most unsettling movie moments I've seen in any film. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, go watch Super if you haven't seen yeah. Super. Night of the Creeps Spoilers. Super. Spoilers. Everything that we've just said <laughs> will take away from your enjoyment of that film. But <laughs> I, I holy shit. It. I feel like you can go knowing that and still enjoy that. Oh, no. There's so many other things that happen yeah, in that film. Though. Truly like Rob important. Zombie's cameo, which I won't explain since you don't. <laughs> what, what I'll say is that I think that there's some good imagery in Slither that uh, I think sticks with me more than Night of the Creeps. Uh, but like the big lady full of worms. Yeah, Big Lady Full Worms and like the, you know, amalgamation thing at the mm-hmm. end. Like that sticks with me more than I think some things deny the creeps, but like Or or Michael Rooker's performance because yep. he's Oh yeah, truly a, fantastic. He's a gem. Yeah, yeah. But I think I am now a convert in that Night of the Creeps is probably a better movie. It's uh yeah, it's more more honest. <laughs> like I liked that there was no ironic detachment in our detective. I mean, you look at Nathan Fillion and Slither, and he's all ironic detachment. Nathan Fillion has been kind of ruined for me, honestly. Like fr- from that, like he looks at the camera too much. Not like physically, but like you know, I feel like his acting is towards the camera, not to the actors. Okay, that's, so that, that's maybe kind you of could say that's Joss Whedon's fault because like he got his big break from that. Mm-hmm. From from working with Joss Whedon, so I think it might just be baked into his DNA that he has to mug to the camera emotionally. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I could buy that. Yep, I see that. Yep. All right, Rory, where can our people find you? Uh, I am on, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at very reasonable uh, facsimiles of my name. If you just type in Rory Blank, then it's Rory Blank Comics on Facebook, Rory Blank on Instagram, Rory Blank on Tumblr. If you go to Twitter, though, it is Piss Castle. That's how I found that you. That is it was not... Uh, see, I found you I, as Skeleton Wizard. So I'm, I'm Yeah, that school. is not, like, a thing. I don't have a piss thing. <laughs> I was just... I. Like, five, six years ago, I was trying to buy a domain name that would make my dad too embarrassed to, like, recommend my work to people. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then I joined Twitter, and I found out that at Rory Blank was taken, and I owned the domain name pisscastle.com, so I just changed my Twitter name to Pisscastle. <laughs> and, like, periodically, because of that, people will, like, DM me their piss porn. <laughs> Jeez. Because I have the name P- Piss Castle. Don't do that. 
Yeah, please I don't, don't care. L- listeners, do not do not send them pics of piss. Do not. <laughs> don't send me your piss pics. I don't care, but it's Piss Castle uh, on Twitter, which is, I think, the website that I'm on the most. Yeah, and Nate and I are both big fans. We both have Rory Blank shirts. <laughs> Support. I, I'm a I'm a Patreon subscriber, so sorry. Your zines are very good. Um, so yeah, go follow Rory Blank. Yeah, buy his things. Buy give, buy his stuff. Give him money, or don't. It's fine. Give, or or give don't the, give him money. Give the Animorphs podcast money. We don't make money. We're not solvent. We're doing this because we love it and we're having fun. If you if you're thinking about giving me money for my art, give it to the Animorphs podcast instead. Don't just PayPal them. Don't we'll, listen we'll, to him. Give give Roy Blank money. Them. No, you hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Venmo it to them at, at uh, I don't I don't know what how to <laughs> <laughs> wait I, yeah what's our PO box I... find their houses just show up there uh, yeah, give them some money just show up yeah just, just show up. up to our house just show uh, up to your house I don't give a fuck <laughs> come get it there's a bat and a rat and a big black scary cat. It's much too spooky for me There's a skeleton and a vampire There's something in the fire It's much too spooky for me Well don't go out there!